Good morning, this is Rusty James, your host. It is Wednesday, August 12, 2015, and this is The Ride. Welcome, welcome everyone. Sunshine on my shoulder. It makes me happy. Waiting for slow cars in front of me. Uh, not so much, but we can deal with it. Welcome to the show today. Buckle up. We're in for a ride. This morning as I was pulling out of the drive, I was following a vehicle that was probably a half a mile ahead of me. And it was still a little bit, it wasn't dark, but it was not bright out and their taillights didn't work I could see their their lights were on in front of them guiding their way but their taillights were out and they were driving through an area that was kind of dark with a lot of trees and I could barely make out the vehicle and I thought man that's a little dangerous and you know how I operate I think about what certain things mean in the spirit I'm always trying to draw parallels which is okay because Jesus would do that right he was a preacher of parables and stories that were simple so that people who were willing to understand would want to understand and would understand and it would be beyond the Pharisees for example He who has ears, let them hear. So anyway, I'm mining the world for metaphors and I'm seeing this car and I'm realizing that to the car, it doesn't care about those taillights, really. They're just focused on the road ahead of them. At least they've got the light shining, you know, where they're headed. So, you know, that's good. But, you know, that's just a, a little thing that spoke to me, I guess, this morning that make sure that when we're going through our ride of life, that not only are we getting our path ahead of us illuminated, but we're able to guide the way to the people behind us. Because if you've got the light of Christ in you, you will have followers but make sure that you provide a light for them to follow. You see how that works? Just imagine if we were in a fog bank. You know, the other day we were talking about a fog bank and how it's kind of like a valley of despair in, in the life. And you can't really see your way through it. And yes, sometimes there's ways to avoid it by changing your direction and you can actually avoid these issues. But there are some times in life where the fog bank rolls in and you're like, what's up with that? I had nothing to do with this. And God is saying, well, you're right. You didn't have anything to do with this one. This is just the way life works. And you, and you want to see your way through the fog bank you know, we've all been through different trouble in life and the you know, fog bank could rec represent many things. It could be 
the the grief that you're feeling through the um, the course of grieving the loss of a loved one in your family or even a relationship that has broken apart it's it's some kind of thing that you're having to get through and you don't maybe see your way through it but there's someone that maybe has gone through it and has some wisdom for you or even if they've not gone through the same thing they still might have wisdom for you because they're tuned into the Holy Spirit they're tuned into the Word of God they have a relationship with Christ but in a fog bank unless you see unless the cars ahead of you have their taillights illuminated you really got nowhere to go or you know I live in the state of Michigan and we have snowstorms I'm sure that there are some worse ones elsewhere but I've been through some doozies and you can barely make out the road and you're really hoping that there's somebody in front of you in the worst of these storms that has their rear lights on so that at least you can follow them as they careen over the cliff no I'm just kidding (laughs) you're hoping that they know the way and that their light is going to guide you to safety so anyway, that that was just a little side note this morning that you know, make sure that you're shining a light for others to follow too. It's not all about you with your heads in your clouds and yes, I'm one with God and you know, forget all you all riffraff. No, that's not how Jesus operates. The riffraff is why he came. And by the way, with your head in the clouds, Please remember, you're a riffraff too. Not one of us is not a riffraff. I don't know what riffraff really means. You might want to look that up and let me know if I uh, used the wrong word. But I think we're okay. Wow, what a beautiful countryside we're in. What a beautiful countryside. I had a little bit of technical difficulty this morning, so my podcast will likely be shorter than normal, which means whatever word is in it is concentrated. So pay attention. I don't know what's gonna, what the word's gonna be about. Day five. don't know what really is going to go on. I just had a few uh, observations. I've been going through Matthew, as as many of you know, and I found it really interesting this morning as I was meditating on the Word of God, as I was driving to gas up my vehicle. You know, I do some of that prep work ahead of time before the podcast, and just to get a rhema word from the Lord. R-H-E-M-A. You look that one up too. And I found it really fascinating that in some of these parables, parables, parabolic parables, that the Lord Jesus is saying a lot of times 
and they shall be cast out where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. It was, in many cases, I mean, it was happening in many stories, and I just, you know, I don't know about you, but the first thing I think of, and this is how God uses even common things and and even mortal things, and maybe even non-good things, to tell a story. But whenever I hear the weeping and gnashing of teeth, you know what I think about? You got it. Zombie movies. That's exactly the picture I get. Now, I'm not a huge zombie fan. But, you know, I've had my share of exposure to that kind of stuff. It's probably not the best thing to watch. But, I mean, when you're killing a zombie, they're already dead, so... Are you really doing anything wrong? <laughs> I know I'm flirting with disaster here, but... But zombies, man, if anybody gnashes teeth, it's the zombies. If they've got teeth left, anyway. I don't know, I just I just pictured that, and, you know, I don't know if God somehow spoke to all these zombie movie makers and said, you know, I want... I want you guys to to make a movie theme that goes all through time, you know, at least through the time of the movies, and I want you to create these things called zombies and monsters and things like that, so that when the people in the 20th century read my word and hear the gnashing of the teeth comment, that they will know first-hand experience what that really means because the thing is you don't want to be hanging out with zombies I don't know if I'd be crying but there'd be a lot of gnashing of teeth going on and I, I really don't want to be around that scene so whenever you read the word of God and you hear the gnashing of teeth thing I'm thinking World War Z's. That's what I'm thinking. World War Z. Brad Pitt, save us! Okay. So what are we talking about today? I asked my wife, what should we talk about today? What are some of the things that you want to talk about? And we're... We've got some friends who are dealing with issues in their marriage. She says, what, if, what about if you talk about that? And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I have been touching a little bit on that and encouraging married couples who are going through difficulties to make sure that they're seeking after the Lord first. And that helps bring the marriage to a more unified place It's unfortunate in this day and age that we're so pumped up and hyped up with the culture telling us that whatever you want is what you deserve. So it's very selfish, very one-sided, and 
But love seeks true love, the kind of love that God puts in us, the kind of love that God is, seeks to promote the other. That's why in Scripture it says, you know, if someone asks you for a, a shirt, give them your coat, that kind of thing. But what if I want my own coat? Aren't I losing out if I give my coat? And what if the motives of that other person are not pure? They could ask me for my socks. Do I have to give them my shoes? They ask me for my shorts. Do I, have to give them, do I have to give my pants away too? I believe that the idea here is that do you not believe that the Lord will take care of you when you are trying to take care of someone who is in need of things. Obviously, we're to use wisdom. And obviously, yeah, we're to use wisdom. So obviously, if that person in this example of the coat and things, if that person is destroying that relationship with abuse, you are not to offer them more of yourself for more abuse. That's absolutely not what's being taught there. And I think I may have mentioned this in the past, but if you're in a situation like that, you really need to find someone you can trust, some a godly person that you can that you can trust with this information. In fact, I I don't know the I'm aware of a number of marriages that are in a dire straits right now. And since I don't have my own personal wisdom about those, I think we should just pray right now. So will you agree with me right now in prayer as we just take a moment and lift up these couples? And if you're in an, involved in a relationship like that where you don't really see through the fog bank, I, I pray, Lord, that Let's pray right now. I pray, Lord, that you would shine a light in that in that place so that the, the way through and the way out is clear. I, Lord, I know that your word says that, you know, married couples have a covenant that is not easily broken. Yes, there are times of abuse that we need to address, certainly. But Lord, I come to you right now because I don't know the answer to these particular situations and the situations that maybe some listeners are dealing with right now. But you know their situation. I ask, Lord, that you shine a light I pray, Lord, that the people involved in the situation that are seeking your face 
do so honestly and wholeheartedly and according to your scripture, according to your word of God, that they apply the principles of your word and remember the promises of your word and would shun the lies of our enemy whose sole goal is division, division within the covenant partnerships of marriage, division between the believer and our God. God, you're a unifying God. And what has been joined by you, let no man or no devil separate in the name of Jesus. So I ask that justice be performed by you, Lord. And I pray that everyone that hears this and those couples that I'm thinking of right now, that they will come to a, a new understanding of how their relationship ought to be. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right. All right. Well, you know, I have another thought. Since I don't really have a theme for today so much, but I do have an encouraging word for you. Because as of late, I've really been enjoying Scripture, as you know. Enjoying finding nuggets of wisdom. Because, you know, that zombie thing, was just that was new to me. The Scripture opened up when I got the zombie revelation. But I know for some, getting into the Word of God is a tough thing to do. And, you know, I'm just getting a sense from the Holy Spirit right now that one of the reasons that that's tough for some is because of history with it. They maybe used to do it, but it was such a legalistic thing that that's the reason why they don't want to do it now because they see it as something that it didn't help them before. In fact, it just turned them off because it was something that they were told they had to do. And here I am saying that, that you need to do it too. But if your treasure is in that word, if you treasure it, and if, if there is, and that means that you see value in it, then you will seek it out. If you see trouble in it, if it convicts you of lifestyles that you want to be part of, worldviews that you want to hold onto, and attitudes of the heart that you don't want to let go of, if it convicts you of that, you want to run away from it. I say that's the last thing you should be doing. If you want to be whole, I mean, hey, this is my opinion. This is my show, so I get to throw out my opinion. But I believe it's a valid one, that if you want to be whole, you need to let that conviction actually do the job of convicting you and cause a change to happen. Don't you know that Jesus Christ was the same way? 
we all want to, you know, jump up in his arms and say, Father, you know, be with me in this time of struggle that I'm going through. And he, he does do that. But he does, as a good father should, he does say, look, my son, look, my daughter. Do you not see that the cloud bank that you're rolling through right now, this particular one might have been one that you could have avoided? And many times it's, it's our attitude. I tell my kids, it is all about the attitude. You're going to have a better day if you choose to have a better attitude. You don't have to have a poor attitude. I was going to use a more strong word there, but you know what I mean. You don't need to have the poor attitude. Now, if you can't muster up a good attitude, I understand. But you can almost not have a bad attitude when you start meditating on the Word of God and the promises therein. The kingdom of God is a treasure from the other day. We talked about this. The kingdom of God is a treasure. You meditate on that treasure. In other words, you worship the one who brings you into the kingdom. And you celebrate the promises he's provided. And that's like an act of worship. And in some cases, it's a sacrifice of worship. You really have to let go of your current attitude in order to grab a hold of the attitude that's in the Word of God. When you do that, the enemy can't really get in there and whisper stuff to you and say, Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. He can try, but if you're meditating on the promises of God, that He will take you through. You pray with another person and this mountain will be moved. That the Lord knows the count of the hairs on your head. He cares for the sparrows and He cares for you. And then, you know, those are kind of nicety promises and declarations. But how about the other ones that are a little bit more weighty? Ones that we have to, you know, actually implement in our lives. Like avoiding bad counsel. Yeah, but I enjoy hanging out with these friends who tell me things that make my flesh feel good and my soul feel good. I don't want to hear what the Word of God has to say about stuff because then I have to do something like change. Man, suck it up. We all got to change. We all got to change our thinking, thinking. You know, I could tell myself I have to do certain things to satisfy myself. It's very selfish, by the way. Have you noticed that? 
because it it is all about me my my psyche i got to protect myself i got to make myself feel okay and i got to take care of myself because then i can't take care of anybody else if i'm not taking care of myself well in a certain level yeah that's true but how are you taking care of yourself you doing it god's way or you doing it your way You know I'm preaching to me too, guys. Everything I'm saying, I could be saying, Rusty James, wake up. Slap slap this boy. Wake up. How are you, Rusty James, living your life, Rusty James? you say these things to yourself you put your name in that on that blank how are you living your life sometimes I need to take a two-by-four upside my own face say wake up listen to the promises that have already been made to me see how they've already come into fruition in certain cases don't forget those things that the Lord has done in your life goodness you're listening to this right now that's something The conviction of the Holy Spirit is not meant to hurt you. It's meant to help you. Anytime I think about that, I think of the the Lord of the Rings movie where Gandalf is saying to Frodo, I think, oh no, no. It was to... Um, oh, nuts. Who's the first hobbit? The one in the hobbit. Not Frodo. Bilbo. He said to Bilbo... I'm pretty sure I got this right. That he's there to help him. Even though he got really in his face. I don't actually remember the scene, but Gandalf just got all wizardry and wizardy and and put put the hobbit in his place. And he thought like, man, he's gonna like melt this little guy and he says, No, 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 I'm I'm doing this to help you. We have so much crud hanging on our lives at different times. And God wants to melt that off. He wants to burn that up. It's not doing us any good. He's not doing it because he's a bad parent. If we've had a bad experience with parents, know this Father of ours, our Heavenly Father, is not N-O-T operating the same way. He has good intentions. No matter what the world says about our God the Father. Because the world is going to say something contrary to that truth. Because the world is a place where our enemy operates with words. 
Our Father is a good Father. He gives good gifts, and He corrects those He loves. If you're if you're thinking is stinking, you got to shovel that roadkill off your road, dig a hole, shove it in, and bury that thing. So it don't stink up the path for you and others. Maybe that's the thing I had to say today. I think the roadkill thing is a good title. So I say all that to say bury the roadkill in your life. It's stinking up to high heaven. And that's a good thing because when the Lord knows it, up in high heaven, He wants to talk to you about it. And He is a good listener. You give it to Him. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. He's already dug the holes. He's already got the shovels lined up. You just give it to Him. He'll take care of the rest. I think that's a good place to end for today. I enjoyed today. Like every day, I don't fully know what I'm going to talk about. I trust that these things are speaking to you, speaking life into your life. I want to encourage you to, to get into the Word. I'll talk more about getting into the Word and studying a little bit more. I, I didn't get to where I wanted to go with that part. But we will talk about it soon. So... Until next time, stay in the Word. Remember that your Father loves you, cares for you, disciplines in a loving way for your good, for your purposes. And He has called you to a good purpose and a good plan. So think on these things, meditate on them, carve out time to be with your Father in Heaven and in the Word of God. And I promise you, you will see changes happen. I promise you that. I love you, peace out, and I'll see you on the flip.